Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, so today I'm joined by my friend Tara Thorne, who you're probably familiar with if you follow me on Instagram. She is a functional nutritionist and certified functional nutrition coach and a fully qualified FDN practitioner. She also has training from the Institute of Functional Medicine, specifically in hormones, and she's an expert in interpreting the Dutch test, the GI map, and the HTMA, which we'll talk about today. Additionally, Tara has training in MTHFR and nutrigenomics, having studied methylation and clinical nutrigenomics at the Seeking Health Educational Institute. Tara's practice focuses on helping busy mums navigate the overwhelm and confusion surrounding how to live healthily in a hectic world providing evidence-based functional nutrition and lifestyle strategies. She's a mummy of two, an entrepreneur and writer who writes for publications across the globe with a specific focus on nutrition. She runs her business online in order to help as many women as possible live the lives they deserve, not ones fraught with healthy balances and all the problems that come along with those. Her own struggles with hormone imbalances were what led her onto this path and why she's able to now understand and empathize with the struggles of the modern day mom. So in this episode we're talking all about the connection between the ovaries, so the sex hormones, the thyroid gland and the adrenal glands and I like to refer this to this as the three-legged stool. So if you just picture a three-legged stool when all three legs are stable then the stool itself is going to be pretty good whereas if one of the legs gets knocked off then the rest of them are gonna follow shortly behind. So this is a good episode for an overview of how interconnected the body is and she gives so many practical tips as well which is great. We talk about how stress affects our overall health, specifically our hormones, her favourite strategies for supporting adrenal health, how minerals are involved in thyroid health and why she loves using HTMA testing along with the GIMAP and Dutch test with her clients. The term estrogen dominance and what that actually means we hear this term thrown around these days but Tara gives a really simple but really clear explanation as to what is meant by this term and also copper toxicity which she picks up on the HTMA tests as well along with symptoms and the connection with estrogen and maybe some signs that you may be dealing with this as well because it's very common. So I always love chatting to Tara I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. So could you start off, Tara, by telling us a bit about your journey? And this is new to me. I've not really heard about your backstory, how you got into women's health. So could you start off by sharing that and a bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I guess you could say it all started back when I moved from Australia to Canada. Um, and now I'm back in Australia again. 
but basically what happened was I went through a period of intense anxiety and I had never experienced anything like this before. And it was really, really bad. So I ended up at the doctor and he gave me some antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills. And I was like, you know, there's got to be a better way. And I wasn't really, the thought of being on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds just didn't sit right with me. It just didn't feel like it was the solution. It was a temporary Band-Aid solution that I, you know, definitely required, but I was determined not to, just to find an answer. Like, why did this happen? So I was only on, I think I was on them for about three months. And then, you know, I really started to dive into health and I started to sort of do some writing for magazines and writing for a naturopath. And then, and I really got into it. I started to cook more and uh, I, I did this cleanse, the Dr. Yoshi cleanse. And I did this cleanse with my now husband. And, uh, and then I had my first daughter. And after she was born, I had postpartum anxiety. And I also got postpartum thyroiditis. And that's when I really started to get serious about looking at studying health. So I really started to study health, became a nutritionist. Um, I had my second daughter and again, I had the postpartum anxiety. And once that happened, because I was going down the nutrition route, I wasn't sure what I was sort of going to focus on. But after having postpartum anxiety for the second time, I was really quite interested in hormones and hormonal balance. Um, and then after having her, I was just running myself into the ground and I just completely burnt myself out, which in all honesty, I'm still sort of trying to recover from. Um, but that's kind of a story, I guess. It's, uh, it's been a long time, you know, it's been quite a journey and it's been a lot of ups and downs and it started quite a while ago, but, um, but yeah, I've come to realize that hormones are really where it's at when it comes to women. They really do control us in so many different ways. You know, our, our moods and it's not just our moods, but obviously it's our energy and our libido and everything just relies on hormones. So that's my, that's my story. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about um, to start off with about how stress affects our hormones um, mm. So conditions like PMS, endometriosis, PCOS, um, infertility, mm. like how is stress involved in that? And what does the term stress mean to you? Because mm -hmm. a lot of your journey there, it's ended like stress after stress after stress. Some of them, <laughs> oh, yes. some of them good, like marriage and having children yeah. and moving, but they mm -hmm. are still affecting our health, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, honestly, I feel like I've been under so much stress since, I mean, you know, I'm my own worst enemy sometimes, I've got to admit that. And, you know, I started, um, I started being an entrepreneur about, I don't know, 12 years ago or something. And I was just like a workaholic. Um, you know, not realizing that kind of stress, the amount of stress that would put on my body. And then I had babies and I was still working and I never slowed down. So that was a huge issue for me. And this was all before I knew all about, you know, quote unquote, adrenal fatigue, HPA mm -hmm. axis dysfunction. This was before I knew that I was going to end up in a bad way. So I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, 
you know, so for me, my kind of stresses were working way too hard, burning the candle at both ends, you know, having babies, not slowing down, not saying no to things, hustling, going to school continuously, school back to back to back, you know, building a business whilst running another business. Like that is what did me in. And then, you know, obviously there are these other stresses as well. Like you said, there are the, the good stresses as well. Um, but for me, it was just that, that hustle and that trying to do it all and not slowing down. Um, but then there are the, the other stresses that are like the toxins in our environment. They're a stress on the body and heavy metals and infections in the gut. Um, you know, so I think that oftentimes people forget that it's not just mental, emotional stress from, you know, or the physical stress of burning the candle at both ends, the mental, emotional stress of a marriage, it's tough, you know, um, having a mortgage, um, you know, you could have PTSD. I have some PTSD from my childhood. So these are all mental, emotional sort of stresses, but then there are the physical stresses as well that I think sometimes people aren't that aware of. They don't sort of, sort of um, make the connection that having an infection in your gut, having something like H. pylori or dysbiosis or having heavy metal toxicity or, you know, slathering on toxic products onto your body, these things can be stresses as well. So stress it really does come in all different shapes and sizes. Sure does. And mm. testing wise, I know that you're a big fan of the Dutch test, like I am as well. Tell me a bit mm. about why you love that test and how it helps yeah. some of your clients. Yeah, so... I love the Dutch test because it really is, as the name suggests, the um, dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. It really is the most comprehensive test you can do. So you do the one test and you're getting all of these hormones. So, you know, you're getting your adrenal picture, your cortisol, you're getting me your metabolized as well as your free, whereas the saliva test just give you free. You're getting your DHEA, you're getting your estrogen, progesterone, your testosterone but you're also getting the way your estrogen um, metabolizes. And I'm a big fan of that for women because in my family, there is a history of breast cancer and ovarian cancer. So I want to make sure my estrogen is metabolizing into the more healthy estrogens and not into the more carcinogenic estrogens, you know? So I think that that's really valuable for women to take a look at what's going on with their estrogen metabolism. And then on the Dutch, you get all these other little perks, like you get melatonin and you get organic acid markers. So we can see what's going on with glutathione and B12 and B6 and other things. So it's just a fabulous overall test. We can get little hints and little clues as well. It's not diagnostic, but we can get a little clue as to whether there's a thyroid issue going on. We can get clues as to whether there's maybe PCOS going on, whether there's inflammation. So it's just such a valuable tool in so many different ways. And I tend to see with the cortisol piece in particular, the metabolized meaning like the total production from the adrenals, women are either on the extreme of really low off the off the charts too low or extremely mm -hmm. high i don't know if it's just yeah. the people that i attract do you see a similar <laughs> thing yeah i do i mean i do see women who aren't like completely polarized like that but yeah it's i think when people are coming to see us they're kind of in that really well either really burnt out state where their free metabolizer is really bombed out or they're on that hyper alert fight or flight, maybe infections in the gut, revving things up. 
So yeah, absolutely. I mean, seldom do people really come to me and their test results are looking great. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're here for a reason. <laughs> and what about DHEA? So that's another one that's um, tested mm-hmm. on the Dutch test. What's the importance of DHEA and what does it tell us? Yeah. So DHEA is great. It's, um, so I think it's about 80% made in the adrenals and about 20% is made in the ovaries. Um, and one of the reasons why we love DHEA is because it actually is, it counters the, the negative effects of cortisol. So when cortisol is rising, what you want to see on the Dutch is you want to see that DHEA to rise along with it. And that's like a really normal picture. That's what you want because when cortisol is high for too long, it's a catabolic hormone. So it definitely can start to break things down and, and have some nasty side effects. So you really want that DHEA to buffer the, the harmful effects of, of elevated cortisol. And it's, it can lower inflammation and it can improve our memory and our libido and, um, and it's good for our brain. Um, you know, so it's definitely one of those adrenal hormones that we can sort of look at. And if we start to see that DHEA is going down, then we can sort of assume that this person's been under some kind of stresses or for a period of time because that DHEA isn't quite keeping up anymore and it's starting to sort of falter a little bit. So it's always good to look at that DHEA in relation to the cortisol. Definitely. And what are some of your favorite strategies for supporting adrenal health? So whether that's um, Mm -hmm. some of the mindset work, nutrition wise or lifestyle wise, Mm -hmm. anything that you want to share for the listeners? Well, you know, it has to be a, a holistic, a functional approach because, you know, like I tell all my clients, everybody wants a pill because we're used to that. We go to the doctor and the doctor gives us a pill for our ill. But unfortunately, that's not the way the human body is going to get better. We need to look at everything. So, yeah, you know, supplements can be beneficial. So things like vitamin C and magnesium and B vitamins, and you can do adaptogens or a glandular. They're, they're definitely helpful and definitely required for a lot of people. But if you're not doing the harder stuff, it's easy to pop a pill. It's really difficult for some people, and I can raise my hand to this at times, to just stop and do deep breathing for five minutes or do meditation or, you know, get out of the house and go for a walk in nature or the even ickier stuff, which is looking at your past traumas and looking at your emotional baggage and what's going on there and really taking ownership of that and doing what you can to unravel it. Because if you don't do that, you can be stuck in that fight or flight mode and your adrenals just don't have a hope of recovering. You know, so it's got to be, you must, I actually did a post recently on Instagram about how self-care is more than just talking to your girlfriends or, you know, sometimes I'll say to my clients, like, what do you do for self-care? And they'll say, oh, I, I go to a spa or, or I talk on the phone with my girlfriends or, but that's all very well and good, but you need to do these proactive things that just get you into the parasympathetic state, meditation, deep breathing, these are these are the, my favorite ways to get into the parasympathetic state because they work and and you're forced to slow down. 
So I think that there's nothing really more important than doing those types of activities. You know, walks in nature has been shown to reduce cortisol. That's all very well and good, but it's not going to be very beneficial if you're walking around thinking about your to-do list. You know, you need to be mindful. Um, and the other thing that I think people don't always think about is toxic relationships and how stressful they can be on the body. If you're constantly walking on eggshells or, you know, worried that the other shoe's going to drop, that's also really important. So it's a real holistic picture when it comes to supporting the adrenals. I know that you're a big fan of the holistic psychologists as well. I see you just reposting yes. her stuff all the time and I really want to get her <laughs> on the podcast. Um, oh, but that's that so important. Yeah, like the mm. childhood work um, and yeah. future self, past self, all of that is so oh, key. absolutely. Mm, and it is key. I never see an, a thyroid issue without an adrenal issue. So I want to mm -hmm. move over to the thyroid now and how to know, how do you know whether it's your thyroid or your adrenals that are out of whack or can we just assume that they're both affected <laughs> by stress? <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think that, you know, if you have a thyroid issue, you've probably had uh, some kind of stress going on for quite some period of time because they are so intricately related. So I think it's hard to separate the two, to be honest. And what are some causes of low thyroid function apart from stress? Yeah. So, you know, I guess, well, autoimmunity, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you've got an autoimmune attack on the thyroid, then that can cause um, a lot of issues. You know, if you're eating gluten um, and then that is generating antibodies toward the thyroid, because we know that that goes to, that they go hand in hand, um, obviously toxic, you know, toxic um, chemicals and heavy metals, but that's also the, the stress, right? So I think it all boils down to, again, stress, mm -hmm. stress on the thyroid gland, you know, nutrient deficiencies, um, dysbiosis in the gut, um, mental, emotional stress, um, you know, eating too much gluten, especially if you've got some of the gluten intol intolerance genes, you're even more susceptible to thyroid issues. So I think, um, you know, it's hard to sort of pinpoint for somebody what set it off, but it's all of these factors we have to consider. And another test we both run is the her tissue mineral analysis. Could you talk mm -hmm. about why you love that one so much? And I think for the 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 price that it is, like it's really cheap mm. compared to some of the other lab tests, but it can be very insightful into different areas of the body. So how oh, yeah. um, calcium affects the thyroid and potassium. Could you talk mm. about the mineral involvement? Yeah, so minerals are imperative for thyroid health. If you haven't got your minerals right, like I know people who've been working on their thyroid for years, but they've never done the HTMA. And I'm I say you've got to look at these minerals because, for example, like you touch on this, if you have high calcium and low potassium, you're going to have some issues with your thyroid because calcium prevents thyroid hormone from getting into the cell and potassium sort of ushers that thyroid hormone into the cell. And often what I see nine times out of 10 is that elevated calcium and that low potassium. And this is what we call the thyroid ratio on the HTMA. And so basically you've got calcium standing at the door of the cell saying you can't come in thyroid hormone. You, I'm, not, I'm not allowing you in. And potassium is so weak. You're standing behind calcium. It can't get that strength to, to force its way through and open the door up for the thyroid hormone to get in. So getting all your minerals, I mean, there's many different minerals, zinc and iron that play a role, copper in thyroid health. 
but that calcium potassium ratio is what we call the thyroid ratio and that's um, really crucial to get right in order for people to um, to support their thyroid yeah and then sex hormone wise again they, they all go together the ovaries yeah. the thyroid the adrenals they're like the the three sisters <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and the term estrogen or estrogen dominance is thrown around these days um yeah. not a lot of people actually know what is meant by that they know and can relate some of the symptoms like heavy periods and pms and they believe that they mm -hmm. have estrogen dominance could you just explain this term so that people understand what actually is mm -hmm. meant by this yeah, so basically estrogen dominance is, um, is when your estrogen is high all month long. And so we're actually supposed to um, have a, a cycle, right? We, we have our menstrual cycle and um, our estrogen goes through these peaks. And then after we ovulate, progesterone is supposed to peak and that really buffers um, the estrogen. And progesterone is our nice calming hormone that helps to alleviate insomnia and anxiety and irritability. Um, but if you, if you don't ovulate, or if you've got weak ovulation, you're just not gonna have a nice robust amount of progesterone. And that's when that estrogen sort of gets the upper hand. And so you're estrogen dominant for your whole cycle. And so that's when we start to see, like you said, the PMS, um, the headaches associated with your period. We might see histamine issues because estrogen and histamine, they raise each other. Um, we could see irritability and, you know, all kinds of symptoms related to estrogen dominance. If we haven't got that nice progesterone spike in that sort of the middle of our cycle. And you mentioned that copper is important for thyroid health and it has many different mm -hmm. roles in the body, but copper toxicity or copper dysregulation, whatever term you want to use, is connected to estrogen as well. Could you talk a bit about that and maybe how oh, someone yeah. um, would start to deal with that? Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a great question because, again, this isn't talked about too much, but copper increases estrogen and estrogen increases copper, essentially. So they sort of um, increase each other. It's a vicious little cycle. And, you know, the problem is, is that a lot of women are on the birth control pill. And this really can elevate copper. Um, or women are on the copper IUD, or they're drinking unfiltered water, or drinking out of copper pipes. Um, you know, so there's the copper toxicity is, um, I say, quite a lot, quite a lot in practice, but it can be hidden. And I know that this is sort of um, maybe a bit too complex for mm -hmm. what we're talking about, but it can be hidden on the HDMA. Um, but it can cause a lot of a lot of issues in women. It can cause um, you know, anxiety, irritability, um, postpartum depression. Um, you know, it, it can cause a lot of issues, low iron because you need the copper to, to actually be able to use the iron. And then, then you're screwed for your thyroid again, because you've got this copper in the body, but when it becomes too high, you can't use it. So then you haven't got it for the thyroid and then you haven't got the copper required in order to utilize your iron. It all gets very complicated, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it definitely can cause a lot of issues. And this is again, where that HTMA, it can just be an absolute eye opener for women who are really struggling with these types of symptoms. And supporting copper detoxification isn't something that mm. we recommend doing on your well, own. Yeah, that's, no, exactly. So, you know, I mean, some people are okay, but it, it really does depend on just how severe your copper toxicity is. 
Um, you know, if you've been a vegetarian, a long time vegetarian, and you've got a lot of symptoms of zinc deficiency, you know, wounds that are not healing or acne and, you know, these types of things, then you may have a much harder time detoxing the copper. It's not, you know, it, you may have a lot of copper in your system and you would have to go very slow um, with detoxing that copper because otherwise you can get copper dump syndrome and basically your symptoms can be exacerbated and you can feel like absolute crap. You can have major anxiety, if not panic attacks, um, you know, heart palpitations. You've really got to do it with a practitioner at the end of the day. You've got to do the HTMA. You've got to strengthen the body, you know, support your macro minerals and just go low and slow so that you don't get this, these horrible symptoms of, of a copper dump. What about estrogen deficiency? So most people mm-hmm. think that high estrogen is um, the only problem, but what are some reasons for estrogen deficiency in premenopausal women? Because we should expect estrogen to decline when we go through menopause. But I see yeah. um, a lot of women struggling with low estrogen. Yeah. No, it can happen. Um, I do see women struggling with low estrogen. Um, I, uh, I do probably see in practice a little bit more uh, estrogen dominant women, um, but it certainly can be an issue. And again, a lot of the times um, it comes back to, to stress. A lot of the times it can come back to stress. Um, but there are other, other reasons somebody might be uh, low in their estrogen. So maybe they're following a low cholesterol diet or a low fat diet. Um, they're definitely things that we need to sort of check off first and foremost. Um, you know, the chronic stress, having, you know, the HPA axis dysfunction or quote unquote adrenal um, dysfunction, um, adrenal fatigue, sorry, uh, nutrient deficiencies. Uh, I think people forget that hormones actually require certain nutrients in order to be able to be synthesized in the body. Um, obviously, if we're eating a crappy diet, living a, you know, a lifestyle with um, poor choices, like bad alcohol or smoking or, you know, lack of sleep. Um, dysbiosis in the gut is a huge one when it comes to hormonal imbalances, including low estrogen. I mean, there's always those people who have decreased ovarian or pituitary function as well. Um, but those are probably some of the main reasons that people would, would have low estrogen. Yeah, the low-fat diet thing is huge. And even though yeah. we're moving away from that, I think, very slowly, and more people are in- including some healthy fats in their diet. But what's your, what's your approach on diet? I know that everyone will be different, but do you have just a general... Um, mm general guidelines that you give to your clients? Yeah, so it, it does depend on the individual. So, you know, I typically see women who are either inflamed, and so they need you to focus on an anti-inflammatory diet, or they've got histamine issues causing a lot of their symptoms, so then maybe they'll do a low histamine diet, or they've got autoimmunity, so they'll do an AIP diet. So they're the three diets I typically use the most in practice Um, and it also depends on where someone's at like are they able to jump into a low histamine diet is that going to be a bit too overwhelming Um, and sometimes it's better just to try to get them to eat that anti-inflammatory diet make sure they're eating the right fats make sure they're you know eating more organic especially animal foods removing toxins um 
you know, anti-inflammatory diet, and, and there's the elimination diet too, um, you know, so it really depends if somebody really needs to, if they've got severe insulin issues or inflammation, then maybe you'll pull out some otherwise healthy foods like eggs and beef that people are, can be uh, having a reaction to. So, you know, with my clients, it really does depend on what's going on with them. But at the end of the day, you know, an anti-inflammatory diet is usually a pretty safe bet for most people. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And then mm -hmm. just to finish up now with a few more questions about you personally. So how you do um, try your best to manage the, um, your family life and running a successful business um yeah just for my future <laughs> my future reference <laughs> just to try and maybe avoid some yeah. of the mistakes that you did yeah, um, and for you to right. give some advice about what works for you so first mm -hmm. one is about breakfast are you a breakfast yeah. person if so what's your goal to yeah so here's the thing i i don't always feel hungry in the morning but i attribute that to my adrenals and so i actually do believe it is important to eat breakfast now i'm a big fan of time restricted eating I'm not a huge fan of fasting for a lot of women, especially women who have hormonal imbalances. But when it comes to um, breakfast, you know, I like to have usually a smoothie. Um, I'll make sure I've got a lot of protein in that smoothie. Sometimes I'll even put a, an egg yolk in there because it's really important, especially for me at 40 years of age, I really need to be mindful of my blood sugar and also for adrenal support. You know, you've really got to be mindful of your blood sugar. So animal protein is a must at every single meal. So in the mornings, whether I'm feeling hungry or not, I try to have a smoothie with a lot of protein in it. I like MCT oil. I like blueberries, you know, maybe some cacao in there, maybe some macadamians, um, you know, and some coconut oil, for, uh, sorry, coconut water for potassium, um, you know, or maybe I'll do something that's a little less high in carbs and sugar. And maybe I'll do some eggs with an organic chicken sausage or something like that. So that's, that's typically the breakfast that I try to go to. Delicious. And I've not had breakfast yet, so it's making me really hungry. Go. That sounds really good. <laughs> Inspired me a little bit. Good. <laughs> Is there one herb, nutrient, or supplement that you couldn't live without? So I know that you're very like lifestyle uh, focused and um, going with nutrition first, but are there any supplements that you like to take? Oh, big time. No, I, I love my supplements. Mm. I'm all for, I'm all for <laughs> lifestyle and nutrition, but listen, we live in a world where we are all so depleted because of the stress we're under and because of the soils that our food is grown in. They're so, the soils are so depleted. So unfortunately I do believe that most people are going to need to take supplements honestly, probably forever. Yeah. I don't think the same ones over and over necessarily. And I think that's where the testing is so important to make sure that you're, you've developed the right therapeutic supplement, supplement plan for you. But um, yeah, one supplement that's really tricky. And I think I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to take two. I've got to give you two. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so I think for me and because I'm sort of more of an estrogen, um, well, I'm not really an estrogen dominant person. I'm more sort of a, you know what this means, like a phase two methylation problem. Yep. <laughs> Same <laughs> so, here. 
Yeah, yeah, I just can't get that sucker up. So I don't know, but magnesium, right? So magnesium for sure. Um, and then magnesium also just because it's a calming mineral, you know, we're stressed or drinking coffee and, you know, eating sugar, so it gets depleted. So magnesium for women's health, big time. And B6, I love B6 for women's health. So I think they're my two, my two supplements of choice. Have you got the COMT snips as well? I do. Yeah. I sure do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That little bugger, I tell you. It's, uh, yeah. And then you add some stress on top of that too. And not boy, a good combination. Not a good combination. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the gene, the gene also makes us more focused mm-hmm. and um, more driven. productive. Yeah. Driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very much. And then that's a double edged sword because then your adrenals go down. Exactly. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have yeah. done my genetic testing. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> and is there something that you're into lately? So this can be health related, can be completely random. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the other weekend, my husband and I actually, um, we watched a couple of documentaries on Wim Hof. Oh yes. So Good. That was fascinating because I hadn't really had heard of him, but I hadn't really gotten into it and by no for, for no reason except at the time. But we happened to have a little bit of time to ourselves and so we watched like three documentaries in a row <laughs> on Wim Hof because I just adore that guy. He's just awesome. What he's done, what he's been through. So um so I've been doing a little bit of Wim Hof breathing, which is quite an interesting experience. Have you ever tried it? No, I've done, I do like the cold showers on occasion, but not included with the yeah. breathing. I think that's the magic piece though. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting experience. It's not just normal breath work. It's kind of like puts you in this hypoxia state or something. So it's interesting, but yeah, that's kind of one thing I'm really interested in at the moment being sort of doing a little bit of, and I know that he has a course, so I'm not going to add anything to my plate. The, the <laughs> Tara in 2020 is taking things off of her plate and rebuilding the nervous system. But, um, but maybe, maybe when I've got a bit of time, I'll look into his course. Cause yeah, I think he's, it's quite fascinating what he's, what he's doing. Yeah. I love how you're trying to manage your stress, but then you're adding another, another to do Mm -hmm. on your list. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And he was also on the, I don't know if you watched the Gwyneth Paltrow. That's the one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's on that one. Okay. That's what started the whole ball rolling. Yeah. That was really good. Actually. I was actually quite surprised at the whole Gwyneth Goop, um, you know, little documentaries, but they're great. I know it got really bad press. Well, in the UK it did because obviously people aren't open to stuff like that. So it was all over the papers. Like, um, this is like terrible advice. They're recommending these drugs. Um, oh my but gosh. I went into like it thinking, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Psilocybin. Yeah. In we the, watched that. Fabulous. I really enjoyed it as well. So definitely yeah. recommend to anyone who's listening. Oh, That's yeah, on Netflix. Sure. And yeah. is there a book on the subject of female hormones, women's health that you love mm-hmm. and you want to recommend? Gosh, I've got a million different ones that are really good. Um, I love Lara Bryden's The Period Repair yeah. Manual. Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. It's like the and Bible. In, it is, right? It's <laughs> fabulous and then um i'll throw in another one i'll throw in another two so if you don't mind yeah, um, <laughs> the more the more um, better yeah beyond the pill by mm-hmm. john brighton and then the other one that i read recently by a, a medical doctor who i actually had the pleasure of meeting in her practice in california 
couple of years ago, um, Dr. Felice Gersh, and yes. she wrote PCOS SOS. Mm-hmm. Have you read that? Yes. And I've had her on the podcast. She was one of my very first guests. I think it's you like know, episode I, three. Yeah, she's great. I interviewed her um, when I had a I had a membership site and I interviewed her too um, a while, oh, oh gosh, probably a year or so ago. I just adore her. Yeah. She's just, she's a smart cookie and she's just the sweetest lady. And uh, the whole, I think I asked like three questions in the whole pot, in the whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, sat back listening to her it, talk. Exactly. She's an amazing speaker. That's so funny. Cause when I saw her in California in her clinic, the same thing, she talks, but it's yeah. good. It's not like I know. you want, like you just sit there and you're like captivated and she just talks and talks and talks and you're like, wow, no, she's amazing. And she was answering, I had a list of questions. She was just like answering them in order. I was like, how are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah. And I'll link to all of those books and the podcast episode and um, for everyone to refer back to. And then the last question is, where can people find more about you online? So how do you work with clients mm-hmm. these days? Um, and where can they find you on social media? Because you're one mm-hmm. to follow, definitely. Oh, thank you. Um, the best spot on social media by far is um, Instagram. That's kind of the only place I hang out. So Tara for Nutrition um, on Instagram. That's where it's all going down and all happening. Um, and then obviously my website, tarifornutrition.com. But honestly, I think there's more information and more interactivity on Instagram. There is, I agree. And the yeah. infographics that you do and you walk through test results and you give um, little insights into how you stay healthy, like with your morning smoothies and things and walking mm-hmm. on the beach, which I'm very yeah. jealous of, like me sitting in rainy. We're in England in the middle yeah. of winter. I know. Well, listen, I was in. I lived in Canada for twelve True. years, and six of them in Toronto. So I hear okay. you, and uh, you know, I feel for you. But I'm laughing it out. <laughs> and my adrenals needed it. Yes, time. absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tara. This has been really great, and I appreciate your time. And we're on flipped and time zone, so we've had to make this work. So thank you yeah. for joining us on the podcast. And yeah, oh, I'll chat with pleasure. you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.